0: Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service.
1: So good to have so many of you here today and uh, honouring God for everything that He has done. Uh, if you aren't aware, if you're um, if you're new to us, we next week are stepping into our miracle building and uh, of Sim Street. And if you want any information about the journey, but it has been a miracle journey. Well, we were kicked out of here in October of 2020, given notice. And uh, it's been a God-led journey to our own building, our own facility. And it's looking beautiful. It's absolutely looking stunning. So next Sunday is our first Sunday in that building. Come on. Which is going to be amazing. A 9, 11, and a 6 o'clock service and uh, there's going to be more details as well that we're going to share at the end of the service about different different details as we transition to that. But if you want to know any more information about the miracle journey, get one of our expansion magazines and you can find out all the details about it. But it has been a miracle ride even being here.
0: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually sharing with just the other day with the uh, one of the property managers of the site. Uh, and he actually said, well, how did you even come here? And I said, well... Uh, Prior to that, uh, Pastor Paul and some of the original team were driving on the on the up here, and they looked down and said, "Oh, that would be a cool area for a church." And uh, and then so literally driving up and down the streets of the industrial area that was here, there was a guy outside sweeping who just put up a police sign. And I said, they pulled in, they walked upstairs, and they went back down to Bill was the guy, and said, "Bill, we'll take it." And uh, in long and short. And the guy Errol was just like, what? That's a miracle in itself. And uh, and I'm like, I know. And it has been such a special place uh, for us as a church. And what God has done has been unreal. In, in
1: December, it'll be 10 years. Yes. So to, to see Sunday what God December. has done is amazing. We started with about, I think, our first Sunday here, we had about 130 people here. And to see what God has done now, one service, 130 people, to see what God has done. What he's doing. Well, we're having you over 900 every Sunday. Incredible what God has done. And you are part of that. Yes. You are what makes church what it is. So, yeah.
0: so cool. And yeah. we thought it would be cool today just to take a, a few moments, do a little bit of memory lane. Walk down a little bit of memory lane, a few uh, a few shots and stuff like that. Then we're going to uh, have a couple of people come and join us because we'd just love to hear their story and their experiences. God has led them to be a part of His His amazing church and His family, and then a, a sense of expectation of of as we step into it. God, what's the things we want to keep in front of us? Uh, and so it's a little bit of a different service. And so I thought it would be pretty cool because when we uh, when we came over, or I guess when even God put it in our heart, or we got asked, would we come to Melbourne? Um, it was amazing because at that moment, there was a number of things that we were responsible for. We had bought our own home, a miracle home of two-year faith journey. We had bought it uh, one week earlier. And then the next week, as we're telling Pastor Paul how excited we are about this miracle home, he said, that's awesome. How about Melbourne? And, uh, and then literally, it was like this whole lot of stuff. And there was five things that was just like, God, These these five things you're going to need to speak to. And it was actually in a moment like we've just had—a moment of worship where it was like, "All right, God, I'm going to bring this to you, and I need to know what do you want." And in that moment, I actually cried five tears. And
1: um, how did you count those five tears? I've always—I've always wondered. Well,
0: I don't cry a lot, and so when it happens, you're trying to make it memorable. And um, actually, back then, I used to cry. I used to pray, "God, help me cry more," because um, I didn't cry very often at all. And so. And uh, he's really softened my heart. And
1: uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen you cry a few more times since then. <laughs> you know,
0: I hope Hopefully everybody has.
1: Uh, in, a, in a good way.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, but it was like literally there was a weight of peace on every single one of those things. And they were all really personal things and they were ministry things. But one of them that was really key for us or key for me was like, God, if you're going to call us to go, uh, then we don't want to just occupy another building on some street corner. Lord, if we're going to go, then would you enable us? Would you... Would you work through us as a community that would be ever growing to lift up one name and one name alone? But Lord, would we be a church that would reach into the communities? Would we be a church that would help impact and transform a city? Would you help us be able to have a heart to go to the nation and be able to see a nation turned and one for Christ? God, if that's why we're going, we've got to go and we're believing for the impossible. And really, I would say I sit here today marvelling at God's promise, being outworked in the heart of every single person and that we all get the honour of being a part of that.
1: Yeah, true. I remember us sitting and talking about would we move and uh, that sense of we don't want to move just to do church for the sake of doing church. But God, this has got to be something that sees a city change and people's lives change, so and uh, it's it's amazing to see what God has done. We've actually seen two hundred and seventy-seven people baptized here, while while we've been here in this building, we've seen over a thousand decisions for Jesus. Come How on, we amazing should thank God, God for these amazing
0: moments of people's lives.
1: So it's incredible. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to go down memory lane a little bit. So be good. God, we just thank you for this time together. And God, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would reveal yourself in a greater way. God, that you'd reveal what you have for us, that you would speak to each and every one of us individually about what you're wanting to do in this next season. God, I pray prepare us for everything that you have in store. God, I thank you that we're not just settling, God, for a a new building, but we're settling into a new season expansion and yes. to everything that you're wanting to do through yes. us and we just are so grateful in jesus name everybody said amen again, thank you team you're amazing so appreciate you
0: thanks guys uh it was pretty cool as well because in memory lane i remember one of the first um you got a little bit so yeah sorry um one of the first scriptures i remember we just grabbed hold of was at ephesians 320 now under Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. you know, And according to His power, that is at work. And, uh, and I love that. And so if we just go, uh, I don't know what order of these are coming in. Uh, they're going to be a bit of a surprise. If you slide that way, beautiful, I'll go this way. But uh, there you go. That was, so everybody, if you know Christmas Box... This was our first Christmas box in the car park downstairs in our driveway, and we did 500 Christmas boxes. So we, we landed on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, the church was at that point in Mooney Ponds. That Sunday night, we had the last service in Mooney Ponds, and the next Sunday, we opened here. And then the next weekend, we had this Christmas box packing, and we packed. 500 Christmas boxes to be able to gift into the community. And now, within how, that many first Christ-
1: how many Christmas boxes are we doing? Well, that now? was
0: just that was about three years ago, and uh, this year we are doing 13,500 Christmas boxes, and uh, distribute them around three states in Australia, which is pretty awesome. Next photo, what's coming? What's coming?
1: That was our first summer camp, yeah. and it was about 90 of us. Who was the- at
0: summer camp? Anyone remember summer camps? How good! (laughs) Five of us. (laughs) One, two, three, four. Yeah. It
1: was our first summer camp with about 80 of us packed in a tight room, and then to see what God's done again is yeah. Well, actually,
0: because of the hunger around that, uh, we filled that room, and then we filled the next room, and then we filled half filled the 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 sports hall they had, and then overfilled the sports hall, and then now we can't fit. And so look at that young guy wearing a denim jacket. That is awesome. Look, Lucy. Look, Lucy in the middle, in the front. Where's your loose? Okay, next one. Oh, everyone remember this? uh, On the back of COVID. You know that? Actually, I looked into it. That was the largest public event that had happened in the state from the start of COVID. Isn't that unbelievable? How good was that? All getting together, all being able to have that emotion. Oh, man, that was so great. That was awesome. Oh, uh, that's camp. There you go. There's camp. That's growing. It's gone forward, uh, which is cool. Oh, this was baptisms. That was baptisms off the back of COVID because we couldn't do it inside with proximity, so we did it outside. And yeah, everybody, look at that social distancing. It was fantastic. <laughs> and so, uh, so it was. A, that was amazing. That was on the back of being locked down. How many people made decisions? Remember Lena and the decision, Lena. You're here. I've seen you, and uh, which is awesome. Oh, that was one of our heart and souls a couple of years ago. There's an embarrassing photo. Well, that's fantastic. Can we move on? That would be great. That's the cross. That's been here for a long time. A little bit longer, I think, than uh, we've been here. Is that, that all of them? That's everything? All right. You
1: legends. Brilliant. Thank you, Tim. There you
0: go, for a bit of a memory lane, a yes. bit of memory lane, uh, which is cool. But, um, you know, I've been thinking about it, uh, the thought being that... Um, What God can, in a moment, seem like a sacrifice. If we can see it with His heart intent and His purpose, we actually realize it's a setup. And um, you know, and I remember when we were thinking of coming over. I remember thinking, man, moving family, no family, all that kind of stuff. And you look at the things you're leaving, all that kind of stuff, and you can think it's a sacrifice. But what I've learned early on is that you know what? When you sense in your heart that God's asking you to sacrifice something. Because you're saying, trust me, I've got something I want to lead you into. As much as it looks like it's going to cost you everything, I want to let you know, and I want you to be encouraged. It's actually a setup. It's not to to diminish your family. It's to increase your family. But there is a cost to it. There's the reality. You know, Abraham... Uh, You know, it looks like it's a sacrifice, but actually with your son Isaac, that was a setup so that you could be the father of faith and the father of nations. Think about Daniel. It seems like a sacrifice sacrifice to stay devoted to Jesus and devoted to God. But no, it was a setup so the king himself could see that God would shout the mouths of lions and move them forward. You think about Elisha sacrificing his oxen, but going anyway and just not being deterred. It was a setup. You think about all the disciples. They left a whole lot of stuff, family, careers, everything. It wasn't a sacrifice. Us. It was a setup. We sit here today because of the sacrifices of people who went before us. And I just love how John 21 25 is the last scripture of John. It says this Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Come on, anyone thankful that the author is still writing? Anyone thankful that the fact that this was written 2,000 years ago, but yet the stories are still unfolding? Jesus is still moving. There's still pages being, chapters being outworked in our lives. And, and, uh, and I just pray as well that when we have a snapshot back, but we also look forward, I pray that we would have this anticipation that, God, what are you writing next? What do you want to enable next? What's, where's the adventure going next? but we can see Jesus' hand over all of it. So
1: good. So what we thought we'd do today is invite a few people up on stage with us to share their story of what God's done over the years that we have been here. So I'd love to invite up Alex, Hiddles, and Adrian and Rach, if you guys can come up. Why don't we give them a hand? So Adrian has been here uh, since, before us, you have been here, Age, for, for I think? 20 years. There we go. Adrian and Jazz have been here 20 years. One of the longest-standing members. So when uh, the church was in Mooney Ponds, they were part of that. So many different transitions, and I just love that you guys have stayed faithful over so many
2: years. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. And just
1: want, would love you to speak to that age because, like, we are going into another change as a church, stepping into Sim Street. It is a change, but the power of staying in church, staying planted over so many different seasons, and what God does in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. And, you know, when you look back and you think 20 years, how on earth, I don't think I've stayed so committed, other than to Jasmine, um, <laughs> that committed to anything. But, um, but, you know, when it becomes who you are, time flies, doesn't it? And um, uh, I was thinking just through worship, there's a very big difference between sort of being uprooted and being transplanted. And I feel like God's not uprooting anything here. He's transplanting us to a new location and, uh, and it will grow healthy and strong. And uh, and I'm excited about what's ahead. But, you know, like for a journey for us, I mean, I walked into what is our church uh, 20 years ago. Uh, decided to make a decision, a good decision back then to follow Jesus. And uh, and that transformed everything uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, met Jasmine. Um, she was pretty good looking. Uh, still is. And, um, and uh, you know, from there we've had three children with, you know, All in this church, all in the one location. And I've just seen God grow us every single day. Even He never stops because he's committed to building our character. So, you know, um, thinking about our church and just seeing what's happened. I mean, before Mooney Ponds, there was Essendon. Um, We used to be in a town hall there or a hall and we would bump in and bump out every week. And volunteers would come early in the morning. Then we moved over to Mooney Ponds, and that was an incredible miracle, a bit similar to what's going on now, all in proportion. It was incredible, the amount of people that got behind it. Um, You know, some people even put up their homes financially to to try and make that happen, which is just incredible. Um, And, you know, to see that building come together. And then... Uh, I was actually part of the people driving up and down the street at the time uh, and met Bill um, when when we were here. We were actually looking for a car park um, for another factory uh, in this street and then this just happened. So it was a miracle, that one thing after another. It's incredible how God's just opened doors, um, yeah. you know, right across the board. And then to think, you know, that, well, I think there was only about 30 of us um, that uh, from, from Mooney Ponds that are still here today uh, and to be, you know, a congregation now that's would be, getting close to two and a half thousand people, you know, a thousand on a Sunday roughly, that's, that's incredible to see how many new people have come and built their their relationship with God here in this place, have found Jesus again in this place. Um, so anyway, it's, a, it's an exciting journey. So I'm very excited about what we're doing next, moving into, uh, into Sim Street. It's been an incredible miracle unfolding, uh, no doubt. But, you know, I just think, you know, If you plant yourself, if you stay strong and you you stick to it over time, you know, the fruit that comes out of that is incredible. The influence is incredible. So, yeah, that's my...
1: Amazing, Adrian. So good. Why don't we give him a hand? So good. (laughs) Alex, for you, you were actually, you guys one of the first families that came on the Sunday that we opened here officially in, in Mark Street. I still remember it. Alex was the first phone call I did of new people that had come in to
3: church, so,
1: and that was almost 10 years ago now, and uh, and you guys have just been such a brilliant part of yeah. who we are, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. So I'd love you to share on just your journey of being here and what God's done and what, what you've seen Him do.
4: Yeah, thanks, Pastor Nadia, um, yeah, as you said, we came in on the launch weekend and um, we we're looking for a church, my wife, Alina and uh, two kids who were a lot younger back then. We had a three year old and a fourteen month old um, and for us we 'd visit a few churches which we know are great churches, but for us, day one, this felt like home wow. like it just um, it 's a bit of a cliche, but it 's true, like um, just really warm people, um, genuine discussions and so i don 't think we had a doubt even after the first day that it was like this just this just felt right for us um, and it 's been that way. The entire time since, to be completely honest. Um, so yeah, we we came every week thereafter, um, did the basic things, I guess, but probably took a few years to to get properly connected. Um, and I, um, which I think is a bit of the nature of building relationship that it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but especially through Connect groups, um, attending Connect groups, uh, and then when Simon and Aaron Manners moved on, they passed their Connect group over to us, which we. Uh, run Um, yeah the the connections through that have been amazing the number of people we've met um, amazing relationships there Um, so I'd really encourage everyone connect groups are awesome it's really good way to um, get to know people and really have deep relationship with people Um, and also all the ways in which the church as Pastor Craig mentioned um, work with the community but it's also a really good way to connect with people in the church and I think about um, you know, Community Kitchen, the Community Kitchen family, they're awesome. Um, so, yeah, meeting people in the church, but also meeting people in the community. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a real journey of becoming more and more engaged with church and especially it's been special for us because we've got a lot of friends who have come into the church as well, so friends that we knew from previous and just seeing how well engaged with the church they are, that's been really special for us and Alina was reflecting on... Uh, when we were over at Sim Street, uh, one of the um, opportunities we had as a church to go and celebrate over there the, what was going on and just seeing our friends who we'd known for such a long time just be so engaged and so uh, excited about what was what was happening with the church. So, um, kind of rambling a bit, but it's, it's just it's family. Like, it's, it's people yes, okay. we've known for a long time. It. It's people we haven't known for as long. Every week I just meet new people who I think, Gee, you're amazing, Um, So, yeah, keep on being amazing. I love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. so good.
1: Brilliant, Alex. We have loved seeing your growth over, you know, that first phone call to now group leaders so invested into building God's house. It's amazing to see. Um, Rach, for you, you are a little bit more recent here, which we thought would be awesome to hear your story of what God's done, because you have recently just made that decision just to go to church and be all in, and it's been phenomenal to see what God has done in you. It really has. So tell us a little bit about how you came to church.
3: Yeah, okay. I will try not to get emotional, (laughs) because I've actually never um, spoken about myself, I guess, I think everybody knows that I've become that really over-energetic, you know, <laughs> new Christian that's like very cringe, goes up to people who have probably been here like 20 years and says like, are you new to life? Or like, <laughs> 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 um, So that's me. So sorry if I've done that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, so I started at life at the start of this year. Um, To be honest, I actually would come maybe about four or five years ago when I first came to Melbourne, but I was still kind of in the desert, you could say. (laughs) I was still in the process of, um, yeah, I came for a little bit. It was more just to get me through because I was just suffering so much. Um, And then, yeah, I guess I decided that I wasn't done destroying my life. (laughs) So, um, So then kind of fell, you know, fell back into not going to church. Um, and even though it was a year ago that I, you know, I got, you know, I really listened to God when he was saying, you know, you really need to be in community, you need to plant in a church. Um, it was about a year prior to that when I had, um, I had the moment where I finally, uh, surrendered. I mean, God was with me the whole time. Um, and I can see that now. Um, but there was a moment I was talking to my mum on the phone, um, and I think over the years, uh, so I was raised in a Christian home too. Um, over the years, I had these moments of rock bottom. And um, I couldn't really understand this, uh, this thing of rock bottom because I just seemed to keep getting back up and, you know, getting back <laughs> into, at it, I guess. Um, but for me, I had that moment. And it was, it was a realization that there wasn't anything outside of God. Um, and it was, I felt like I had pursued it all. Um, and I, I guess now I'm just so grateful that he didn't hold that against me. He didn't say, well, you, you know, you're not good. So I'm going to give it to someone else who, who is, he, um, he used that. Um, so it was a realization, I think as well, where I realized that, um, sin doesn't make you bad it makes you dead Um, and even in that period of time like he kept me alive physically there was a lot of times when i you know nearly did die Um, but also i guess i'm still coming to terms with what he has actually given me um, in terms of internal like eternal life Um, so i didn't want to come back to life because i thought you know, they might remember me and what a like chaotic mess I was. But so I tried at a couple of other churches, and um, no, God was like not in it. So He was very much like, no, you're gonna go back to life. Um, and ever since I did, it's it's just been like I think other people could see it's just been amazing. Like it's been supernatural, um, and it's not it's not me. Um, I think what I've learned here is you know. I'm not very good at remembering the Bible, but um, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And I feel like that's my story. I'm still just, like, I'm still healing. um, And there's a long way to go. Like, obviously, I feel safe now. I feel happy. um, But I I still struggle every day. Um, I think that, you know, I have sisterhood that I go to and I serve as well so I think the people that you know I've built relationships would tell you like (laughs) I'm deeply flawed still Um, but I guess the difference is like when I used to struggle with relationships so much it was because it was people to people and it was like the flaws would really put me off but the relationships that I've made here they're anointed I feel like that's how God expresses his love for me, is through the love and support that I get from the people here. Um, They don't hold my flaws against me. So um, yeah, I guess I've just, it's become like I've received healing here. Um, And then I also now get so much with um, being given trust, you know, I trust the people here and the fact that they've given me trust um, is just a huge part of that healing.
1: Beautiful. And nice. what, what a trophy of God's grace you are, Rach. And how loved you are here. We love you so much. And uh, I love that. That's what church is. Church isn't about coming with our perfection. It's about being real with each other, yeah. journeying with God together, being yeah. honest about what's going on in our internal world and allowing God to meet us there. And keep walking us to greater places. So we're so proud of you, Rach. Thank so you. proud of your realness and how much you're allowing God to meet you in that place and keep walking you through. You're amazing. Age, as we just come to a close, I would love to hear from you about what you're excited for as we go into Sim Street.
4: Well,
2: first and foremost, I'm excited because today I get to drive a truck. I haven't done that for a while. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, it's just an exciting season, right? Um, you know, we're moving into... Um, Jazz was sharing a story with me the other night. She thinks oh, I don't listen to her, but I definitely were <laughs> was. Um, th- there was an amazing woman that, you know, was in church up until sort of the, the, the age of 15. And, and um, here now 35 years later, on the bus, on, the home, on her way home from work, and saw the sign on the church building at Sims Street and said, you know, life at church is call home. Jumped online, watched the Sunday service. Gave this her, is just last Sunday? This is just last yeah. Sunday. Gave her heart to Jesus and is now plugged in and getting reconnected again and finding her place back. So there's, I'm excited about more stories like that. You know, God gave me this picture of sort of like a black and white picture of looking at the community of, of, of where we're moving to. And I feel like, you know, now that the church is there, there's like this full colour... Coming through, And I see that happening already. I saw it happen here in North Melbourne. I saw it happen in Moonee Ponds and I've seen it happen back in Essendon. And it's just exciting to see what God's doing as he's bringing vibrance, life and balance back into people's lives and restoring people. So I'm really excited about what's going to happen uh, through this amazing church over there at Sim Street. Uh, so exciting.
1: So good. Come on, why don't we give them a hand? You guys are amazing. amazing. Thank you. We so appreciate you sharing so well incredibly. And I love that. It's all about people. And uh, if you've driven past Sim Street, you'll see um, the signs that we have. We have life signs, um, but then also a sign saying, Jesus, hope for all. And it's just saying that over our city. It's very cool. As you drive into the city, you see the water tower saying, Jesus, hope for all. And that's what it's all about, honoring the name of Jesus, seeing the name of Jesus lifted up. And we all now get to be part of that, which is incredible. Isn't
0: that great? You enjoy that? Just so powerful, and, uh, and I love that. And so I wanted to take a few minutes, uh, you know, to almost have like a bit of a team chat, uh, because you know that next week when you go over there, even if you've only been here a couple of weeks, you know that when we go over, you're going to meet someone new, and that's going to be their very first time. And then they're going to say to you, oh, is this your first time? You're going to go, no, I was at Mark Street, which pretty much means you've been here for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, There's no other context to the whole story for them. For them, it's brand new, and you'd be like, yeah, and you can then say, like, like Rach, you know, like, no, I've been here three weeks, but this is what I've been feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is, I'm just like, wow, God, this is cool, and I'm learning, and I'm meeting people, and come with me. Let's go meet somebody. <laughs> Have you got someone to sit next to? Because I don't. Let's go sit together. And and actually, like, this this dynamic of going, like, and I don't want to keep reiterating, because I don't want to become a cliche, but as we cross over, we cross over together. And... And I just thought it'd be really uh, important for us just to have a couple of chats around, uh, not even a structured thing, but actually just some areas that I'd just love to speak into as a senior pastor and just as in the DNA and the culture of who we are. Because what happens when you, often if you have a concentrated, uh, something that's concentrated and you add a lot more to it, what happens is it can dilute. Right, you know, and, uh, and there can be that, uh, that reality of that when something, it's like, oh, it's been diluted, but I've really had in my spirit, that is not the way God's kingdom works, that actually we, we won't dilute, but actually we'll deepen. And uh, when we multiply, we're not dividing down the DNA, but actually we're multiplying the DNA. And, uh, and that doesn't come because we're intense, but it does come because we're intentional. And it does come that we actually take ownership of the vision. We take ownership of the culture. We take ownership of the, the heartbeat that we have and the authenticity. One of the things I have so marveled at, which has been our press from the moment we landed foot on the ground, was, Lord, would it be an authentic church? Lord, that uh, it would just be real, you know? And in that, we would be real about, we are authentically, first and foremost, p- pursuing God. And we're authentically also loving people. And uh, in, in that, God, you'll keep working everything out. So I, I wanted to say, like, one, one thought is how do we protect the culture? All right, how do we protect the culture? Number one is we never stop saying yes. We've always been a yes. God, what are you leading? Yes. Where do you want us? Yes. How's that going to Yes. You know, like, I don't understand it yet. Yes. You know, there's a yes behind everything. Amen? Amen. I need your feedback because if we actually don't articulate that we actually are saying, I, give a th- I actually agree, do you know that it's only information that goes past But when we speak, there's authority. That's why we say in services, come on, like when someone's saying something you're agreeing with, don't just go, don't just nod your head. Don't just do a thumbs up emoji on your notes, but literally verbalize it. Why? Because we're giving authority and that enables others to go who are new going, oh, is that good? Oh, should I be listening to that? What team should I be cheering for? I don't know. But if you don't know who team, you'll go for the loudest. Why? Because I want to be on the loudest team. There's an authority in the things that we articulate. And so these are just some of the DNAs that we have. But we never stop saying yes. Yes. (laughs) That was awesome. We never stop living by faith. If we ever get to the point that we can do it in our own strength, then I'm telling you, it's it's not our turn to lead. We've got got to hand it to somebody who's got faith. It has never been worked out by man. It's never been able. Come on, if if we want to go to the miraculous, we've got to live in a miraculous zone. And that's who we are. We never stop lifting up the name of Jesus, the one name that is above every other name. And that is why I'm so grateful for that water tower. Because in my heart, it's like, yes, we want to enable people to know where to go. But God, I want more than that. I want them to remember the sign high up in the sky that says Jesus, and it's the the highest name that is on across that property is the name of Jesus, and I love that it says hope for all. That means it's hope for all. Hope for the one that walks in and it's uncomfortable. Hope for the one that walks in and maybe looks very different to everybody else. I'm telling you, are we going to be big enough in heart and loving enough in spirit? Come on, there's, hey, Jesus, He's hope for all of us. Let me tell you the story of how He met me. And don't you ever disqualify yourself from the way God's love can meet you. Come on, we're all, like Rachel said, come on, we're all a work in progress. But we're here to lift up one name, one name alone. We never stop preaching the gospel. We bring our best in devotion and in serving God's kingdom. It's an honor, not an obligation to be a part of His church. We celebrate freely when others win and when others grow. We don't look over and go, why them? Oh, but what about... No, no, we celebrate. Yes. Come on, when the tide rises, every boat goes to another level. Yes. We we celebrate the win. We honor up. We honor down. We honor all around. Yes. It's not about those on a platform. It's not about those who have got a title. It's not about those who potentially, I don't know, get a car park or a seat name. No, no, we honor up. We honor down. We honor all around. Yes. Everybody is a son or a daughter of God and deserves exactly the same level of value and, uh, and belief and a sense of togetherness. We are humble, never flippant or over-familiar with God's, what He's sovereignly doing in our church. We are absolutely in awe of God. If the moment we think we did it with our strength or our ability, I'm telling you again, we need somebody else to take the reins, because seriously, let's stay humble. We are not the best church. When people say, oh, man, I go to the best church. We don't go to the best church. We're a part of the best idea that was ever given, that God would give us and gift us His church, His kingdom here on earth. And the grass is not greener here. We are not better than any other church. No, no, we are here to champion the church. We are here to thank God for the church. And, and I love what um, a good friend, Muzza, said recently. He said, God's job is to build the church. It's our role to make her beautiful. And so therefore, we speak well of the church. When we go through stuff and we'll go through stuff, come on, we have each other's back. We believe the best in one another. When the media blows up a story about life at some point in our journey, do we jump on that? Oh, but my friends want to or do we go, no, no, I've been there. I've sensed God's presence. You've got to see what my life was like before I had discovered His love in that place. Yes, we're not perfect, but I tell you what, we've got a Savior who is. Yeah. And so we have each other's back as we go forward. We guard against disunity. Yeah. We don't slander any other church. We speak well of God's bride. I think I just said that. But seriously, the whispers in the Connect group, oh, let's go to lunch together. It's amazing how offended people will meet offended people. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't, end, we don't build that stuff up. Yeah. If someone needs a genuine conversation, needs prayer, needs care, needs love, then let's lead them to a place where they can help work through that. Because I' tell you one bad apple and a whole bunch of good apples doesn't matter how good the apples are, bad stuff starts to affect others, and I'm not saying it's that that precious and that and that what's the word fragile fragile good girl you're amazing sorry, I didn't call you a girl beautiful wife that was super awkward
1: well we'll ha- we'll have a chat after
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry that was that we was won't. not me that was not me you- c- you can bag that you can have a chat about that in the foyer it was uh, <laughs> Wow, that was bad. And uh, No, but seriously, I love that God's gifted people who can specially care for people to walk them through it. We actually have been graced as a church to see people recover their faith, not waddle in the things that weren't done well. And yes, some things aren't done well, but let's not go, oh, yeah, yeah. Or if someone comes in and goes, oh, my church, you never guess what happened at that church. Hey, go, hey, I understand stuff, stuff happens. We don't always understand it. But here, that's, that's just not, when, when, that's not what we, we do here. We don't go around talking bag and like, have the conversation you needed. And you'll be cared for and loved. But if it's home, it's home. Let's get going with what God's put in our heart. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not, it's not dismissing. It's just saying, come on, let's direct it in the right way. So in that, what does that mean? We own those moments. We own those moments. Sometimes they're conversations that are a bit awkward, but we own them. Why? Because we realize if we don't say it, then it just carries on. But we've got to arrest those moments, show the care that's needed, own it. Own the invitation to connect group. Oh, but our connect group's not really growing because our connect group leader doesn't invite everybody. When was it about the Connect Group leader doing everything? Come on, you're going to meet someone in the foyer your Connect Group leader doesn't, or other people in your Connect Group won't, but they're going to need a place to hang out. Yeah. They're going to want to have, in 10 years, they could have the same testimony as Alex and Alina and their beautiful family. Yeah. If we meet them and say, what are you doing this week? You should come to our Connect Group. And you're thinking in your head, where are they going to fit? Ah, we'll make room. And we just go, why? Because we're a church that makes room. We make room practically. We make room spiritually. We make room in our lives. We, uh, we initiate the awkward Hello even though you've met them three times, and they say, I already know you. We met last time. Just initiate the hello. Go after it. Trust me, it can be awkward, but go after it. Why? Because the intent to go and notice somebody and genuinely want to say hello to them honestly means more than we'll ever realize. What you've experienced, don't just have that experience. Now let somebody else experience it through you. Uh, a couple more things. Is this okay? Good team chat. We're kind of in the changing rooms. Anybody else smell the deep peep? It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, It's not about us, but He graciously chooses to include and enable His kingdom through us. It's not about our gifts. It's not about our name. It's not about our preference. It's about His will. It's about His ways. It's about His name, and it's all for His glory. We say amen. Listen, the truth of it is is that God's going to breathe upon it. It's going to grow. I know I've said this before, but we've never been built on convenience. It's never been about us getting a a, a 30-second walk to the door guys some of us at times are going to have to probably park and walk 5 minutes to be able to make it on site and if we're saying oh well that's just not the church for me then i'd just say well i'd love you to be a part of this church please don't let a 5 minute walk stop you or if you're single get in a relationship and find a guy that will drop you at the door and if he won't walk 5 minutes for you he ain't worth spending another 5 minutes with
1: and all the ladies said amen
0: And and if he calls you girl, slap him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good girl in particular.
0: (laughs) Can we make sure that's edited off the record? Because there's one moment I don't want coming back. For the sake of our marriage. At (laughs) least it was public, so you can't get too angry. (laughs) It's so good.
1: But uh, an encouragement would be, you know, when we took on Sims... It was never because it was convenient. Nope. It was because God asked us to do it. It was obedience, yeah. And as a church, we've got to see it like that. We're stepping into Sim Street, not because it's convenient, but because of our conviction that God has asked us to do it. It's a God promise to us. He has entrusted us to reach His city in a greater way because of it. So if we could all see it through that lens, we aren't seeing it out of convenience, Better promise that God's given us, and so we see it out of a conviction. Yeah, I think is really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Um, good work. That was great. Good work. Good word. Good word. Good, word. good revelation. Um, <laughs> we are uh, another thing we always say is we're stoked, but we're not satisfied. What does that mean? It means that we'll consistently lift our eyes to, to what God has in store that we will honor and we'll celebrate every decision. This beautiful grandmother, five kids, five grandkids who got saved on Sunday, is gonna be at the opening service. She's gonna be there next Sunday. I can't wait for her to meet you. I can't wait for her not, no one to know her like you don't know who she was in that story, but she's gonna walk in and she's gonna be loved and embraced and it's, I I love when people say, oh, but it's big, it's hard to, you know, to connect. I actually say, no, I think that's that's a lie the enemy sold, the church. When it's larger, it should be harder to be missed. It should be harder not to find someone you connect with naturally. It should be harder to find that there's not a connect group in your area as they grow. It should be harder not to find an area that connects with your heart that you could get involved in. It should be harder to leave because you're so nervous because you can't remember all the people you got to meet that Sunday. And next thing you just call everybody mate. Yep, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. All right, mate. See you, mate. Uh, we're stoked, but we're never satisfied. So we'll keep believing for more salvations. Come on, until all every knee bow and every tongue confess. Come on, we're going after everything God has. Um, you know, believing for more marriages to be restored. I think of the marriages that have been restored. I'm undone by it. I think about the the couples that have met and then they got married and the kids that they have, like Luke and Lucy. I'm undone by the goodness of God. Think about the miracle babies that have been born, little Jira. You know, think about Hudson. I think about Olivia with uh, Andre and Carolina. I think about Samuel with Colin Larns, I think about so many stories of miracles. Gosh, how many more miracle stories that have come. I think about people who have just found a sense of God's using me. Wow, God's using me, and He's a part of my life, and I'm growing in Him. I know Him by name. Wow, God, I can't wait to see that all over again. So, you know, I'm just saying that, hey, as we move over, what I'm saying is, in a sense, is that uh, we will never stop being a pioneering church. We'll never stop stepping into things that we don't yet have full control or understanding around, but God said do it, so we'll just go after it. And what I'm really saying in all of that is nothing changes right? Yeah, the, yeah it'll, you might sit in a different auditorium, and you may have parked in a different area, and you may have walked a different road, and you might be having lunch at a different cafe, but at the end of the day, nothing changes. Come on, we're still after the one name. We're still here to do life together. We're still here to, to just see His kingdom come, and His will be done. We will love God, and we will love people, and I declare the pages are still being written. Come on, the books are still being bound of everything that God is doing.
1: Amen, amen. So what we thought would be awesome today is on every seat, there is a a slip that you can fill out, that we can fill in of what God has done over the last few years, 10 years, one year, six months that you have been here. And just taking a moment to appreciate what God has done. You know, when um, when the lepers were healed by Jesus, the 10 lepers, only one of them came back because they were healed on their way. And I was thinking about it. So often when we're healed on our way, we can lose the wonder of what Jesus has done because it just happens along the way. And I would love us just to have a, a, a time right now as the team leads us in some worship. Just to reflect on everything that God has done, to have a moment going, God, this is how. Look at what you've done in my life. I came in with so much fear. You delivered me from fear. I came in knowing nobody. You've given me friends. I came in with a with a, a not a sense of purpose. You've given me a heavenly purpose. And just take a moment to write out what God has done. And then we're going to ask as everybody leaves. There's going to be baskets at the door that you put it into the basket as you leave. And we're just going to collate them. You can put your name on them or you can leave your name. Off it, We're going to collate them all as testimonies of what God has done, the goodness, the wonder of who He is and what He's done.
0: We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.